Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Beat the Press podcast. I am here with a very special guest. I am here with offensive tackle Kevin Morrison. Kevin, you want to go on ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for the lovely introduction. So my name is Kevin Morrison. I'm an offensive tackle at the University of British Columbia. Uh, I've been playing football for a couple, quite a few years. I started when I was 12 years old. Currently, I'm 19, about to turn 20. So coming up on the eighth year of playing the sport. Uh, I trained martial arts since I was five years old, black belt in Taekwondo. I've trained all sorts of other stuff, BJJ, MMA, you name it. And uh, I love sports and fitness all around. I mean, I started I started working out and doing stuff fitness related when I was really young because I didn't really, I, I never specialized in that. When I was a kid, I never had those uh, people in my family to play sports and I was kind of a little bit overweight. So I said, you know what, if I can't do a push up, I got to learn how. So I started training and training and training and every single day I trained. And then uh, one of my buddies, how I got into football was one of my buddies was uh, they, they were playing football and I saw that they had a lot of like uh, community around them, right? They had a lot of friends and at the time I didn't have a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go play football too. And if I play football, I bet I'll meet some people. And that's what I did. And I knew the first time I ever played, man, like the first practice I ever played, like same thing as we before we're talking about your podcast. It just felt right, right? Yeah. And I knew from that moment on that this is what I'm going to do and this is what I want to do. And so like literally, I'm not kidding you, the first week I ever played, I started lifting weights, started running and everything. And I was like 12 years old and I started training like I've never trained before. And I went from not working out whatsoever to working out five days a week and never stopping for years. And I have not taken a single break since. And I've fallen more than in love with the game. So that's a little introduction to me. I also have a clothing company called Loud Clothing. So if anyone would like to look at that as well, it's wearloud.ca. So yeah, that's just like the basics of me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, let's talk about that clothing brand a little bit. You know, uh, I was looking at it on Instagram. Uh, seems very interesting. So how did how did that come about? Was it just you and your friends decided, hey, let's let's do something? Uh, you know, how 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 did that uh, come to start basically? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that sounds. I was I was at UBC, and it was my first semester, and I was living by myself for the first time. I was 17 years old, 18, 17, 18. Because uh, I have a late birthday. My birthday is in August, so I moved out at 17, and then I was living by myself for 17, 18 years old. And uh, I needed money, and I was busy like crazy, like busy like you wouldn't believe. We would wake up, do lifts at 7, and then I'd be meetings and class and then practice and more meetings. And I wouldn't get off my day. I'd leave at 7, 6.30 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, yeah, and then I'd leave, and I'd get back at like 10 or 9.30 at night. So I couldn't work a job. <laughs> so basically... I was like, shit, like, how do I, it's so part of my friend story, but how do I figure out a way to make uh, uh, finance and income accessible to my timetable? So I knew that uh, collectibles like Back and Gone and Pokemon and all these different things uh, could be sold at different times online than outside of the regular working schedule. And I also knew there was a market for this. And I had a bunch of stuff left over from when I was a kid, not a ton, but enough to start selling. So I started selling them on eBay and I'd get home at night and it'd be 9 30 10 o'clock at night and one of my teammates uh aiden bertuzzi i love this kid works just just works his ass off i love it and he he lived one floor lower than me and he'd come up to my room after practice and after meetings and we'd sit there and we'd crack the laptop open and we'd start selling stuff on ebay till two in the morning and the next day we'd wake up and go to lifts at 6 37 in the morning and just do the whole thing over and over and we did that for about a month and a bit and i'd give him commission on the sales for my stuff to help me get the word out there and help me do stuff and sell it mm -hmm. and uh, i made 
say I made just like a small amount, like not too small, but enough to start moving stuff, just over a thousand dollars, two thousand around there. And with that money, I said, well, what can I do? So I, I, I put some aside for groceries. I put some aside for uh, living needs and stuff. And then I have left over like 700 or so. And I was like, what can I do with this 700? I can put it in stocks and it can grow at 9% or whatever annually. Um, or I can try to make it into a thousand or I can try to make it in 2000 or 3000. Right. So I, I knew that selling stuff was a, a strong point of mine, uh, just simply because I, it's because it comes natural to me. And I actually really enjoy the act of selling something and speaking to someone and telling them all of the perspectives about the item or the service or good that you're offering. And in this case, I saw t-shirts and I saw that t-shirts, like that's like the first, that's like the easiest thing to sell. Everyone wears clothes, right? I mean, everyone requires clothing. So I looked on eBay and I said, sorry for this long story, by the way, but this oh, is no like problem, the whole no thing. Problem, yeah. And I think it's really interesting. And so um, I was looking on eBay and I saw that white t-shirts were selling for $2.50 for a single t-shirt. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And this guy has 40,000 uh, confirmed sales of these t-shirts, right? He's been doing this for a couple of years probably. And he knows what he's doing. He's dominating the eBay market. So then I search up on another website, bulk white t-shirts. And I find that I can buy bulk white t-shirts, the exact same brand as the one being sold on eBay. But when I buy them, I'm only paying 50 cents per t-shirt. So I was going to do, I was going to sell these t-shirts at $1.25. So I'd cut his cost by 50% and take his target market, right? Take his market and, and beat that person out for selling plain t-shirts on eBay. And then I realized instead of selling the t-shirt for $1.25 and making 75 cents profit per shirt, if I can somehow find a way to press my own logo onto that t-shirt, mm. I can now sell it for $15 to $20. And then I'm making $18 profit or so, or whatever the case might be. So I, that's how the idea came to be. And, and with that idea, I then contacted um, some childhood friends, people I grew up with, my best friend, Samson. And I said, hey, like I have an opportunity for you and let's make this work and just from then man we worked hard man like i i worked my ass off i would stay up till four or five in the morning making clothes designing stuff the next day i'd work all day and work yeah so basically what i was doing was i was just working all day with my buddies and all night and we were figuring out ways to make basically make this brand grow and 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 along the way of making clothing i had to realize like what does it take to have a successful business right what does it take to keep customers what does it take to attract customers what does it take to build the community and the community is the most important part it's just like a football team you got to have the team man you got to have the image and the reputation and the same thing as the nfl teams care about the reputation i need to care about my clothing's reputation so i started developing clothes that were affordable and fresh looking and made out of uh, high quality uh, and then and then basically after that i just threw it all together and started trying to sell stuff and i made my first season of clothes those all sold then it was the second season and i, I cashed out i had my profits i did the math and then i bought a bunch of new other things and i reinvested and reinvested and reinvested and after a year or so it's been about 14 months uh since i started loud clothing it's going strong and i just finished my exams and today i just started making clothes again i took a two-week break to finish up in school but just started making a bunch of new designs today so all that stuff's going to be on the website probably by the end of next week and uh season five will launch pretty soon and yeah i'm very excited with it but all in all um 
it was the cumulative effort of a couple guys that really wanted to make things work. Um, unfortunately, people, you know, you go different you know, ways in life and some people had to start working more and different things. So now it is just me. Now I, I am the sole proprietor of Loud Clothing. Um, but I have a lot of great ideas to come. And originally it was my business regardless. So I care about it so much, right? I want to see this succeed. And I'm very excited to take it to the future places that I want it to go. So yeah, that's just like a simple explanation of how I got into it. Hey, that's that's awesome, man. You know, I, and that that really shows anything you truly want to put your mind to. You got an idea, just go on ahead and you yep. execute it. Yeah, um, 100%. Alrighty, now now let's get into some some football sports talk. So you said you played or you not played martial, but you did martial arts for years. And you did football for years. Uh, do you see any correlation between those two? Like any 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 similarities? Huge similarities, and I think that's an awesome question because a lot of people like will succeed in other athletics, and especially football, playing offensive line. I mean, a lot of people struggle with learning, especially with coachability and stuff. If you have a black belt in, mar- in any martial art, karate, taekwondo, anything, BJJ, your discipline. And your ability to t- accept criticism and coaching from someone who's in a higher position than you is phenomenal. It's going to be better than every other person on that roster, I guarantee. And a lot of people who don't do martial arts or have never been around that don't understand that. They don't understand that those people have a high level of discipline and, self- and, and self-respect and they have an indomitable spirit and awareness and, and all these different things that come from training martial arts for a long time. Um, humility, like uh, not being arrogant, right? Not having, uh, not overstepping your boundaries with what you can deliver. And I think that's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And that's the mental side of martial arts, right? And then, then you get into all the other stuff like dealing with pain and controlling your nervous system and breathing and, and, uh, not allowing yourself to be psyched out and all these other things that come with sparring and fighting and all that. And that also equates to football. So when I play O-line, I'm completely calm. I have no fear. It doesn't matter. Someone saw. It does not matter. Someone could be 6'9", 370. It is no issue for me whatsoever. That, that there's no pain. There's no like. It is just a game of football. We just got some pads on. Like this is nothing compared to getting flipped around and thrown in an armbar or a triangle or getting punched in the jaw six times or something. Right? Like it's a lot. It's a lot calmer. No matter how violent O line can be, you're still padded up, right? So it's not. It's not. Um, it's not as intense as far as like a fight goes, like a real scenario where you have to defend your life. Like that's a completely different thing, but it equates great to O-line because okay. when that, when those moments come, when it's me versus the other guy, I'm all in. And if there's nothing else on my mind, it is survival. I need to push him over. I need to physically make sure that this person doesn't get by me. I need to protect my friends. And that's how it works. That's how I see it, right? That's it's it's do or die. It's I gotta move this guy. I gotta make sure that this person knows that there's no chance in hell I'm not gonna let like I'm gonna fight with every single ounce of life I have in my body. And I learned that from martial arts and from dealing with adversity. So I think that I think I think a lot of other people that train martial arts can say the same thing because when you when you do it for the majority of your life, I've trained it for 13, 14 years. It just stays with you. It's every single day, every single day, just like how people that play football every day and all this stuff, they think about it. They're always thinking about it. They're walking around doing their steps and stuff. It's the same thing. I think about martial arts probably once every 20 minutes, 30 minutes every single day. That's great. That's great. Hey, speaking of training here with martial arts and this and that, 
you know, I could not have, have gone through this interview without asking you about your insane training that you post on your, on your TikTok. You punch this piece of wood, you use a tree. I mean, yeah. it, it's wild watching it. And, and, you know, you see the comments yeah. too. People, they don't, they don't understand it. But to me, you just look like, like you're crazy. But you know what? You got to have a couple screws loose to play offensive line. And I got to give it to you, my man. 100%. And I'm a very respectful, nice person, man. Like, I'll let this, I'll let the world know right now. This is the first of many podcasts I'm going to do in my life. And I know that for a fact, but people need to understand that I am a calm person first. Oh, yeah. I am the calmest outside of football, outside of my training. I am nothing but calm and respectful and polite because that's how I was raised to be. And that's how you have to be. You can't get your message across to people being upset and angry and succumbing to all these negative emotions, right? You have to be positive and you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's just how I was raised. But as far as training goes, um, all that stuff is things that I never thought was weird, man. I just grew up learning about that from my instructors. Like I, when I was like, uh, seven years old, I used to punch like concrete walls in Hyokushin karate for the entire class, an hour session and an entire hour session of kicking the bag with a right leg roundhouse kick. 450 kicks for the hour of seven years old. That's what martial arts class was to me because Kyokushin karate is very brutal. It's a very brutal type of martial arts. They they work on strengthening the bones and the body and strengthening your pain tolerance so that you can essentially just bulldoze through your opponent with straight strikes and kicks and just brutality, right? Um, and so I learned, that was my first martial art. I did that for three and a half years. Then I went into a little judo, the jiu-jitsu, and then taekwondo. Stayed there for a long time, got my black belt, started instructing, learned a little bit more BJJ, did a couple MMA class, all that stuff. But throughout that course of things, uh, when I was like 12 years old, um, 13 years old, I think I was 12 or 13, yeah, I was 12 or 13. My instructor, he, he knew that I was very serious with my training, even at that age, and I had a huge potential to grow, unlike anyone else in our class. And he pulled me aside, and he, he told me about brick breaking, and brick breaking, like power breaking in martial arts, is where, in my studio at least, and this goes along, it goes around, it happens all over the world, China, Korea, USA, uh, wherever there's martial arts, there will be power breaking and there will be people trying to push their body to the limit. And essentially what we did was they would buy 2.5 inch patio slab from Home Depot. They cost about $1.70 Canadian and they're like, they're two and a half inches thick of pressed concrete. That's all it is, right? It's just a concrete slab. And that's what people would break. So if you were testing for your black belt, you would have to break one of these with a palm strike or an elbow or something like that's the easiest way to break the brick is the palm strike or the elbow. That's essentially the palm strikes what they try to do first because it has the least risk of messing yourself up and injuring yourself with an elbow. If you hit with the tip, you can break the tip of your elbow and then it causes permanent damage. But the whole purpose of breaking the brick is, is it's not so much physical. Of course, all that training I was doing, all that crazy training, like we were just talking about and the questions you were asking me about why I did that, that's just bone density training. It is just me hitting a solid object with a little bit of give. And if you do that every single day for a long period of time, and you rest your hands, rest your shins, rest your bones, your bones will come back stronger, just like everything else in your body. If you tear muscle down, it will come back stronger. If it's provided the proper rest and nutrients, it will always grow back stronger. The same things with your bone and your mind and everything, your whole body and your whole entire nervous system works like that. What you get given in life, the stresses you get given, you have to learn how to succumb and cope with those and then move on and you're a stronger person. Your 
bones are the same thing. But the purpose of all this is to then break concrete, right? So that's what I started training all these different, like punching the, the wooden beams and then kicking the trees. Like I haven't posted those. I haven't posted some of that stuff on TikTok. Like I'll roundhouse kick tree like, for like 15 minutes. But a lot of people don't want to see that because they don't understand it, right? They just, they just think someone's crazy. But when I'm doing that, I'm completely calm. I'm just in my element. Like I feel, I feel more relaxed and calm when I'm in those high intensity situations than I do generally walking around just because I'm so used to those moments. I'm so used to that that speed, right? That that high you get from going like kind of bonkers um, and doing something like that, right? Whether okay. it's football or martial arts or anything that you can really just push yourself to the limit. I really love that. I think it's a lot of fun. But yeah, the training is just bone density training. A lot of people, uh, they, over, they don't know what they're talking about and they're like, oh man, this guy's crazy. I understand that, yeah. I can see how that's like a great fear of mine. That people think I'm just like, they're like, oh yeah, this guy's just weird. Like, what is he doing, right? Like, it does. But in all reality, it's just a standardized form of training. Um, just as someone does bench press, someone could train their hands by um, punching into a bucket of sand and strengthening their bones or hitting wood or all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And that, you know, that's a great. Uh, great method, I'm assuming, for, for bone density. I probably should try to do some of those. I have some shin issues going on in my life. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hey, you're, you're a huge guy. I mean, 6'5", 270. You're a big guy. Uh, you said you're into fitness. I, I got to ask, how, how many calories, what do you eat in a day to sustain oh, your lifestyle? Yeah, no, that's the, that is the single most difficult thing that I have to go through as far as training goes is my diet. I mean, I try to eat anywhere between 3,000 and 4,000 calories a day. Um, I should probably be eating a little more. I should probably be sitting around 4,200 or so right now just because I'm trying to bulk, gain strength, do all those different things. But I, I don't eat a lot. Like, I've never been someone, when I was younger, I ate like a horse. But as soon as I got a little older, my stomach shrank a bit. And, you know, like, I'm perfectly fine with one little, like, with a steak and some potato and a little bit of salad. And that's, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I've never been someone to sit down and really pig out. But my diet is, I mean... It's how I grew up. It's meat and potatoes. I, I live in uh, Langley, BC, and it's just, it's farmland here, man. Like, you look out the side, I, I go stand on my property, and it's just farm to the right, farm straight in front of me, like, a couple houses. Like, that's just where I grew up, and it's kind of the middle of nowhere. But um, that's what people eat here. We eat potatoes and steak and uh, meat and chicken and fish and uh, vegetables, beans and broccoli and, and all those different things. And I think... One thing I realized when I was younger was when I was in high school, by the time I was in the grade 10, so when I was 16 years old, I was bench pressing 315 pounds wow. and I was doing deadlifts of like 400 pounds. I have very similar weights to what I'm lifting now. Um, the only difference is now I'm doing them with proper form and I'm really contracting and like all these different things. I'm lifting smart. I'm lifting more long term. but. I realized that when you eat whole foods, something different happens. You know, a lot of people today don't eat whole foods. When you're eating nothing but whole foods in your diet, stuff that comes from the earth, your body just it just loves it. 
mm-hmm. you'll be gaining muscle and you're losing fat and like feeling better. I mean, the problem is nowadays is so many people eat artificial foods and they eat stuff that's been processed and it's not good for you. Like a lot of people think like they're like, oh, well, calories in, calories out, like calories are calories, but they're not. If you're eating calories that are clean and you're eating the same amount, you're going to get a lot of benefits. So mm-hmm. my regular day when I wake up, it's eggs, bacon some toast i mean protein shake about an hour or two later and then lunchtime i'll eat make some pasta or something like that drink lots of milk throughout the day and lots of water throughout the day i don't really drink juice because it's pretty much just sugar um and then i'll wait a little bit by that point because i have a big shake i have about a 1500 calorie shake um and then after that uh breakfast shake and then lunch and then a couple glasses of milk and stuff i'll wait a little bit generally work out and then after working out i'll eat my dinner dinner will be protein heavy um heavy meal so that i can get the proper protein synthesis and recovery and then generally um what i do too is i have my carbs uh, in the morning so that my carbs can digest and be ready for my workout so i have a lot more energy and a lot of people don't understand too they don't know that the food you eat today is getting burned and used two days later so what i eat today is going to help my workout in a couple days and then what i ate a few days ago is what i'm going to be really running off for this workout today um so it's when that's the importance of having a stable diet so it's like if you're stable 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 there's no room for error and you always feel clean but if you're all over the page you're going to feel like you're all over the page so it's it's really a lot simpler than people make it to be but that's generally what i eat yeah that's awesome hey you were talking about working out let's, let's hear that workout routine what what really goes into your your training uh daily a typical uh workout yeah for sure so a typical workout for me is uh I'd say I got a quote Dorian Yates here and uh, it's 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 the blood and guts man like that's just how it is like you got to work out like your life depends on it that's what I always have insisted 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 since the first day I've been in the gym man you got to work out hard like not like hard like you're taking photos in the mirror and you're like oh with the boys and stuff it's like you got to work out like you you're pushing the weight off your mom like your mom is covered and she is like she is going to die if you do not push that weight and then you got to work out like that for two to three hours every time you work out and push yourself to the absolute physical limits and then deload and then all these different things that come with it right but a day a workout like today i'm gonna hit chest uh, I follow my routine. We've got a strength trainer at UBC, so I follow that. But as far as other stuff outside of my standard strength routine, like obviously I love the bench press. Obviously I love um, overhead press and all the shoulder work and the tri- and the dips for the triceps and uh, the, the barbell raises from the floor up to develop the lower back like Arnold and all these different things that are important that a lot of people overlook um, in weightlifting, especially like... Uh, uh, steady, steady balance strength throughout your whole body. So I have an 80 pound punching bag or like 90, 80, 90 pound punching bag. And I'll, I'll be in my offensive line stance and I'll have my hands out and I'll put the punching bag on my forearms. So it's laying sideways on my forearms. And then I'll do my steps like that. And I'll, I'll hold this punching bag with my hands perfectly in position. And what I find is that my torso and everything is screaming after. It's in pain. It's inflamed because I'm working the torso and I'm, I'm shocking the muscle. And the muscle's not used to that kind of workouts, right? They're, your muscles get used to deadlifts and squats and front squats and split squats and, and benches and all these different types but when you do this unconventional stuff and you sprinkle it into your training you get a lot of results from it i think it's phenomenal 
But the the key the key thing about every workout, every moment in fitness as well as life, but is is fitness in general. Like really heavy duty working out, like when you're taking it serious, is you need to take it absolutely the most serious out of anything you can ever do. You're you are in a fight for your life against yourself. You have to make the changes needed to get to where you want to be. In my case, that's how I see it because I want to play pro. I want to make it to the NFL. So there's only one way to do that. I gotta work my butt off. I gotta work so fucking hard. I can't leave a single stone unturned. I gotta go to bed knowing that every single day I did everything I can to make myself get closer to that goal. And it starts in the weight room and in the kitchen. So, yeah, that that's a standardized、uh, method for training for me. If, if I can say so myself. Hey, going off of that,、uh, you you wanted to go into the NFL. I know you kind of touched on this subject in the beginning of this.、Um, what brought you into football? Because you know, I feel like NFL football it's not as big out there in Canada as it is out here in America. And so I'm kind of curious how that kind of got brought up to you. Well,、um, no one in my family played football. No one in my hometown really played football. Uh, we didn't have high school football teams or nothing. We had a little community team called、uh, the North Langley Bears, and it was done by volunteer coaches and stuff. And they actually never sent a player to university, so it was just kind of like a youth league、uh, for fun, I guess. And they never won a game, man. Like this team was terrible. When I got there, the first year I played, we never won a single game.、We、went zero and eleven. And、uh, the next year, we we did a little bit better. And the year after that, we won the provincials. And, And then since then, that year after that, we ended up winning three provincial championships in a row. And then after that, I went to university. But besides that point, I got into football. I got in, the original reason I got into it was to make friends. And then as soon as I started playing, I realized that I had something in me that no one else had. Like it is, I man, when I play. I'm I'm not I'm not me. I'm a different person. Something splits. I I don't I don't I don't talk to people. I don't look at people. I don't listen to people. I'm focused solely on my opponent. It is it is like nothing I can explain. Nothing is that gives me that high like that that moment when I'm on the field and it's me versus the other person and I everything goes quiet. It is just like it's like survival. It is like pri- this primal feeling, this rush I get, where I know I just want to rip the person in half. Like no offense, like I know that sounds crazy, but when I'm on the field, I'm a different person. As soon as I'm, as soon as the helmet's off, I'm a completely nice guy. I would never do nothing wrong, whatever. But as soon as that helmet comes on, I I, I go to a different place. And I I don't really know how to explain it. I've actually it's kind of funny. Like I've I've talked to doctors and stuff and different things. And one of the things that they found is that I had I, I grew up I have an adrenaline disorder. So many points throughout my day I get spikes of adrenaline for no reason. Like it would be nothing could be happening. I just get adrenaline out of nowhere. And in like real adrenaline, like as if the car was coming to hit you. Like I would、oh. get so hyped up, like it would not even be funny. Like it was like I could run ten miles at two in the morning for no reason. And I started lifting weights. I started playing football. But then I realized when I play football, I can just let the cap off. Yeah. I can just let this shit flow, and I can just let it feel natural. And I get so crazy, I get like nuts beyond nuts. I remember one time I was playing football, and I was in uh, in uh, high the, when I was in high school, and in grade eleven, I was like, this was in grade eleven, I was like six foot four, six foot five, like same, pretty much same size, six four, six five, two seventy five, and I was blocking someone 
and my running back hit into my arm and dislocated my elbow, hyperextended my elbow, popped it up. And without any second notion or anything, I relocated it myself on the field, smashed myself, and like I pushed myself, I pushed it back into place, relocated it, and just kept playing. No pain, nothing. Wow. Not even a second chance, nothing. I didn't realize till after that people were like, holy shit, what is wrong with you? And I was like, what is wrong with me? Because I had no problem doing that. Like any, I, I was staring the person down and the next play, I literally fucking, I just threw him. Like there's like a video in my wow. old highlight tape and I drove this guy like 25 yards and that was the play after it popped out my elbow. And it was like, and it, it's like nothing to me. Like, it's like when I play, I don't know, man, like it's something about it. Like it's that competition. It's that like full speed as hard as you can go like just let it go just go as crazy as you can because uh, there's in today's world you can't be like that right you can't if you're born with that little bit of itch to fight in you you can't be like that but when i play football and put the helmet on i can be like that there's nowhere else that i can do that so why not make it my career and i'm down i'm pretty damn good at it and a lot of people a lot yeah. of people don't a lot of people don't um don't have that in them right they don't have that ability to take the punches and take the pain and like it and be able to roll with it and get more get better because of it right so i think that i realize that i have a gift and that's what i want to pursue i totally understand that so so you started this tiktok thing um and, and you know i'm just curious as to when did that start and and uh maybe why and how yeah yeah no that's actually a really interesting one too so I have a TikTok for the clothing page, loud clothing oh. official on TikTok, and it has two two point two k followers, right? So I was doing that for about six months or so, seven months before I even did Kevin Morrison Fitness, and uh, or Kevin Moore Fitness, um, and uh, basically. I work out every day. Like, I do stuff every day. I, I don't take breaks. Like, I mean, I take rest days. You deload week, all these different terms, right? But you work out hard. You do things right. You diet. You don't stop. And, uh, and if I'm doing this stuff every day, I may as well record it and post it. And that's what I started thinking. So I was like, originally, I was like, ah, it's kind of cringy. Like, you know, I don't want to be like one of those people posting stuff. But I started thinking about it. And I'm like... It is literally free advertisement. Yeah. And it's like if yeah. I want to, if I want to grow myself, grow the brand that is Kevin Morrison, the best thing I can do is post my day-to-day -day content, my life, right, and get people to know my name. Because if people know my name by the time I go to the combine, that just increases my chances. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I, I thought of all this stuff, and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna start posting stuff. And I started posting pretty much like a good 5% of what I do, 10% of what I do in my workout. Like I post one or two sets of bench. I post a couple sets of kick steps. I post a couple sets of me doing martial arts stuff. And it's not a lot, right? Like I do two hour, three hour workouts. I'll work out twice, sometimes twice in a day. I'll do all sorts of stuff, but I only get a clip of it. And with that one clip, um, people start being able to follow what, what I'm doing, right? And they're starting to know me as like a, as a name. And, and the more that grows, the more uh, common my name will be across fitness. And if my name is commonly uh, used throughout fitness and football and stuff before, like I said, pardon me, like I said, before I make it to a point where my, uh, my skills can be evaluated, that just only gives me a better chance. And so that's like the purpose of that. And then I started posting and then I had one video that hit 1.4 million views. And it was just me doing kick steps and stuff. And people were like, oh, wow, all this different stuff, right? Yeah. And um, but to me, that was weird. 
because I've been doing kick steps on that street at one in the morning in the rain. I'm doing two in the afternoon, whatever. I've done that for years with nobody, no music, nothing, just me. Just me thinking about my family, me thinking about the sport, me thinking about every time I run on that street, it's one in the morning, I'm running extra runs. I, I don't see the street, I see the stadium. I can hear people. I can see my name on the back of a jersey in the, and I can literally see it. Like I can see it, I can hear it, I can smell it, I can taste it. I know what it's like. I close my eyes, I can see it at any hour. And so that's why I work out, that's why I do stuff and I love it. But recording it and posting it was very foreign to me. So I was like, holy, like how, how could so many people find this um, inspirational and use this, right? And then I realized that's like, that is the greatest gift that I can offer is leading other people through the same storms that I have went through and helping guiding them through their fitness or their mental state, their their lifestyle, all these different things through a TikTok video. Because so many people just see TikTok as like a meme or something they can use to pass the time. But if I can impact people's lives with one positive message because they flipped and stumbled upon my page, that is that's phenomenal. That made my whole week. Oh, yeah. Helping yeah, sorry, you continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, your TikTok page definitely serves as an inspiration to me, especially, you know, uh, whenever I see it, I mean, I just get pumped, you know what I'm saying? I just get, I feel the need to work out and such. And I just think that it's, it's terrific. That's phenomenal, man. That's literally made my, that made my day. That's oh, yeah. so, so, so cool to hear because working out's hard for a lot of people, man. Getting mm -hmm. up's hard. Yeah, sometimes just getting up out of your bed to go to, do anything in your day is hard. Go to school, anything. Sometimes life is hard, but people need to understand the bigger picture and they need to realize that there's always, always, always another sunny day coming. No matter where you are in life, there's always something else happening. So, but it's up to you to go do it. Yeah. It's up to you to push that push that sun out of the way out of the cloud you know like you got it you got to make the effort to change your life because as my dad says the record only plays once you only got one life and you better make it count because one day you're going to look back and it's time's going to fly by and you're going to wish oh man i wish i did this and this and this so you may as well put in all the effort today and all the effort you can because you're still breathing so yeah i think that's i think that's really good to to market to other people and of course on tiktok it's not as serious, right? You market it uh, very politely and stuff like that, and you try to be positive and stuff because that's how people should need to be displayed, right? You need to broadcast a positive message in life um, to uphold reputation and uphold uh, society's um, standard, which I think should be a standard of positivity. Um, yeah, so basically, that's, that's my thoughts on the whole thing. Hey, I totally agree with that. Um, so you're an offensive lineman. And, you know, there's a lot of kids and um, teenagers who, who aren't a fan of playing offensive. You know, when they start football, they don't really want to be offensive linemen because it's yeah. not the most flashy position. Uh, what do you find so great about offensive linemen? What do you want to say to those kids that will inspire them to want to play on the offensive line? Um, you know, offensive line is for you. You'll know. Uh, the people that are meant to play it are going to play it. The people that aren't going to play it are not going to play it. And the reason why is when, to be a good offensive lineman, you have to have, you have to be uh, an, a, not an expert, but you have to be a jack of all trades as far as speed, size, mental fortitude, um, education of the field and all these different things, right? Because an old lineman, you'll see a lot of big guys who are 300 pounds and 
and very tall and stuff. And you're like, okay, that's an O-lineman. But that's not an O-lineman. The real O-lineman is someone who is strong, fast, prepared to make the decisions needed to be made in the moment, has no fear of the opposition opponent or anything. They're just simply in their own state of bliss. They're just in bliss from war. It's like, it's like if you get happy, like if it makes you seriously joyful to get put into a situation where you could be exposed to serious pain or you could be exposing someone else to serious physical pain, then the O-line's for you. Like, and I know that sounds crazy, man. I, it does sound crazy to regular people, but that's just the game of football. Like, I'm a nice guy. Like, I don't talk like this outside of it. But like I said, when it's football, like, if you're if you want to be a good O-lineman, you have to be able to kind of, like you said, have a couple screws loose by normal people's standards. But technically, it's just the game of football. The more violent person wins. In a yep. fight, the more brutal person's going to win. If you're willing to do what the other person's not willing to do, you're going to win. And that's what you got to want to be able to do to play O-line. you got to be a big guy, yeah. you got to be strong. you got to be tall a bit. Yeah, sure. Like, I understand. you got to have good technique. Like, But but the X factor, the X factor to playing offensive line is that is that screw loose kind of thing. And, and screw loose as in, like, you actually are not there when you're playing. Like you're in a different place. Like you're in been you're a big guy, and that that the time has come for you to be a big guy. The time has come for you to be the alpha on the field and just dominate, 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 dominate. And if you like stuff like that, like if you grew up in an abusive home and you have to fight as a kid, like you grew up fighting, you grew up fighting for your own self and for your family and stuff. You're gonna be a good old lineman. Like stuff like that. Like that's what makes a good old lineman, right? The ability to fight, the ability to deal with adversity, the ability to deal with pain, deal with all these things. Because other positions don't have to deal with that stuff as much, man. Like if you're if you're running the ball, yeah, you get hit, but you don't get hit every single play by someone who's 300 pounds for two hours straight. Like it's a completely different thing. Like I'll tell you that right now, it's a completely different thing. Like you can get smoked by linebacker. I remember one time I got hit so hard I had a like a foot long black bruise on my stomach because I got hit by a linebacker that ran 15 yards out and dropped his helmet. He's 220 pounds. He's benching Golly. like 200 pounds, and like I was literally just like I didn't even notice till the next day when I was like waking up because I couldn't move. Like I woke up and I was like, "Holy shit, my torso is so sore I can barely get up." And I still went to practice, still did all my stuff, but it was like, "Damn!" Like you definitely notice it. But for people that want to play O-line, you'll know you want to play O-line when you feel it. If, if you're scared to play O-line, you shouldn't be playing O-line. And I mean, obviously, you're like when you're young, you're young and you're scared. But if you're still scared to hit with your hands and to move your feet and smash into someone by the time you're about 17, 18, I mean, maybe you should be looking at a different position. And it's nothing against you. It's just the mentality needed to succeed in that position. And I believe that's, from everything I've ever heard, that's what I believe you gotta be brutal oh yeah definitely Alrighty. so one last question we know the the we know the goal is to hoist a lombardi trophy i'm assuming what yeah. team what team would you like to be on that you're where you're ho- hoisting that lombardi trophy oh damn man <laughs> um see this is a hard one so i'm gonna give you the short term thing okay and that that be any team where I can get paid for doing the sport I love and make an impact on, I would be more than happy. It's not 
it's not i'm not going to sit here and say like i i want to go to the patriots or or green bay or like be like this 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 like this is my team like blah blah, blah. because it's never been like that for me football's never been about the game of like the sport like the actual teams and all the fanning and stuff i started playing football because i was able to i was gave me an op- a moment to express myself and fight because I was such an angry kid and had all this anger and all this negativity around me that it was like, I, like this is the first thing that, I mean, like, I can go out there and just throw someone down and, like, I don't be happy. Like, people are happy. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So anywhere that I can do that at and succeed at, I'd be more than happy. But if things were going to be good, I mean, I like I like the Patriots. I like the Patriots, and I'm not just fanning about the Patriots. That's the team that I've always kind of looked my eyes at for the last couple of years, like six years or so. Um, and then obviously, like Dallas has, has had a history of a good old line, um, so maybe maybe one of those two teams would be fine. But it's more so at that point if I can make it to that point, which I'm I'm sure as hell that I can. I this I've never there's nothing I'm more sure of in my life. Like this is the number one thing. This is what I hold to my heart. This is my love, and if I can do it, which I like I said I'm sure and I hope I pray that I can. Definitely. It doesn't really matter where I'm doing it as long as the the life is comfortable for my family. As long as other people are happy with what's going on. As long as I'm happy where I am, right? Like I don't want to be stuck up somewhere, somewhere random or anything, or mm-hmm. like in the middle of nowhere. But if it's comfortable and it works, then for sure. It's more so just about the game itself. It's about that moment, me versus the DM. That's what that's what I love. It's not really about the winning or losing or, or the trophies or the medals or the money or anything. It's just that one moment for those six seconds when I can just let it all go and I can let myself just be free and just go as nuts as I can. Like it's like the natural state for me where it's like just fight. Like that that moment, I love that. I, th- I live for that. That's what I love. All so right. that anywhere I can do that. Yeah, that, hey, that sounds great, man. Uh, do you know what year uh, you'll be able to enter the draft? Oh, I'm not too sure. So this is my, I just finished my second year, but it, because of COVID, it got oh, cut yeah. out. Like this year is just not an eligibility burning year. Mm-hmm. And then my first year of uni, um, I redshirted because I came off of an injury. Oh. So I haven't used up any eligibility yet. So technically, when I play this year, I will be a third-year student, but first-year eligibility in CIS. And you, and I believe, I, I think I believe around 23 is when you would take the draft for combine 22, 23. So another three years, another three or four years is when I'm gonna is is when that's I'm aiming for that to happen. Alrighty, yeah, I hope I hope to hear your name get called on that draft day. This, this has been a great interview. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for hopping on the show. Kevin, you got any uh, last remarks? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I, I want everyone out there to, if they can take one thing, if you sat here and listened to one thing, I want you guys to understand that believing in yourself is the most powerful tool on this earth. The love you have for yourself and for your goals and your family is what's going to take you to the highest of peaks in life. They never listen to the naysayers. Only listen to yourself. Listen to that voice that's calling for you to do something. And I swear it will work out. If you stay persistent, you have perseverance, it's going to work out. And always, 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 always remember that there's stuff to be grateful for. No matter what you deal with in life, no matter if it's death or negativity to the highest extent, financial stress, all these different things, 
there's always something to be positive for. You're so lucky to have lungs and eyes and hands and feet or the ability to breathe in fresh air on a nice summer day or winter day. There's so many things to be positive for. And that's how I like to live my life. So that's what I want people to remember me for. I want people to remember that positivity is the ultimate medicine. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I think this was a phenomenal time and I really hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day. Thanks for listening. Hey, that's a great way to end off. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for tuning in to the Beat the Press podcast. Have a good day.